0: Listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli.
1: Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated.
0: The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen.
1: No, but we are your resident best friends here to help you along your relationship journey.
0: Think of us as your very own personal fun fairies. We're bringing joy to the process and sprinkling love dust all over the place because it takes a village and we're your community.
1: And you can find us each week at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell a friend.
0: Tell all your friends because it shows that we have a loyal and growing audience. It helps us bring you fabulous offers and it keeps the lights on for us to keep running the show and contributing to the village. All right, guys, so he's just an RG. I mean, where I come from, we used to say RG as a regular guy, right? My girlfriends and I kind of coined that phrase. It just meant like that guy looked like a normal, everyday, average guy. Like you wore normal clothes, that guy had like an average job, and he maybe he was fun, but he wasn't like too fun, and like he was good looking, but he wasn't like too hot. And he might have been smart but, like, wasn't a know-it-all. So we kind of adopted this phrase in our late 20s and 30s because we came to realize that, like, the uber-hot guy um, or the guy working as, like, an investment banker that was, like, busy all the time or that guy with, like, the perfect body that, like, lived at the gym or whatever, it's, like, they were just too extra, you know? So – we kind of came to realize that we liked like the rg the regular guy or the average guy because they were relatable they were down to earth they were real like they felt like even though we felt good about ourselves like we just felt like they were on our level like there were great things about these regular guys but they didn't need to be so extra in some other category so We discovered then that we felt like the average guy was actually pretty awesome.
1: Well, thankfully, we have author of Average is the New Awesome, Samantha Matt, and to discuss why people need to stop comparing their relationships and relationship statuses to others, why the insecurities you might have might be more average than you think, and why being average is actually awesome, like Lauren said.
0: Samantha is the author of many viral tweets that you may have come across on social media. For almost a decade, she ran Forever 20-somethings, a blog that helped people navigate through their 20s. After launching it in 2011, she grew the website to have over 100 contributors worldwide and hundreds of thousands of readers. Now, Samantha's writing can be seen all over, from USA Today to Women's Health to HuffPost to Instagram and Twitter. Her first book, Average is the New Awesome, A Manifesto for the Rest of Us, was released earlier this year from Seal Press.
1: Full of hilarious stories and insightful advice, it's a manifesto for ordinary awesomeness that will make you smile, laugh, and feel less alone about wherever you are in life on the journey to whatever is next. She also runs the popular Instagram account Average People Problems, where you can find her relatable tweets and memes. Samantha currently lives in Brookline, Massachusetts with her husband and an unnecessary amount of clothes, which I completely relate to except for the whole husband thing. But again, she's going to tell us today why I should not compare my status with hers.
0: Exactly. She is your average bear, and we think that's pretty awesome. Welcome to the show, Samantha. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Okay, so how are you doing these days with all of the craziness in the world?
2: I am doing, you know, as good as can be. Things have been nuts, and I've definitely as I'm sure you guys have been stuck inside. But summer was nice getting to go outside. And I'm hoping that the warm weather lasts a bit longer this year.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because you are in the Northeast and you definitely feel the winter more than we do out here in Los Angeles. Now, single taken or it's complicated? Are you snuggling up with anybody in the upcoming fall season?
2: I am taken. I've been, I guess, snuggled up for, you know, since March um, in a very small, well, not very small, but in a one bedroom apartment with my husband. So it's been tight quarters for a while.
0: Yeah. Well, we've all been, you know, safer at home, if you will. And no matter how big the space is, it can kind of feel like it's, it's small because you're like sort of stuck in and it. it becomes like a little mundane and a little like Groundhog's Day, but we're all healthy. So we're all thankful for that. Now, how did you and your husband meet? And then how long have you guys been
2: together? So we, um, well, we've been together for 11 years. We've been married for two years. We met when we were still in college and we were at a house party, which you know, it was um before we were twenty one, like right before. So a very classic house party college age people. And I remember I gave him my number and then three days went by and he called me, like actually called on the phone, not just a text. And I thought that was shocking because No guy (laughs) ever really, like, waited three days and then called to talk. Um, And then we've been together ever since uh, with some, you know, bumps in the road. But we are now married years later.
1: That is, like, the dream we all have. And I think that's, like, kind of, you know, we're going to touch on some of that and, like, what we wish would happen versus the reality of it. And that the average story is also okay, too. But... That sounds like a perfect scenario of like, you know, meeting in person through friends or like a shared experience and then continuing to see each other and starting a life together versus what we face now, which is mostly meeting on dating
2: apps and kind of being complete strangers and having to try and figure it out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We we talk about that all the time, how we're, you know, we're so lucky to have met when we did but it's it's that thing where it's like everyone you know sees things and perceives things differently so you know when like when you see it and from far away and you're like oh that's a perfect situation but like you know over the years it wasn't perfect at all (laughs) at times but you know everyone wants what they don't have, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that could be
0: like, obviously, you know, you could be thankful that you didn't have to like meet on a dating app or do any of that because it seemingly could be harder, but maybe you, you never know some of the problems or bumps in the road that you had experienced with your now husband may have been different, had that experience of meeting at the house party. That's like, sounds kind of average college could have been, you know, avoided, or you could Taken a different turn or a different path potentially. You have a blog that you
1: started, I would believe, in your twenties called Forever Twenty Somethings, and that focuses on your life in your twenties. So, would you say that the bumps in the road that you faced with your now husband were caused by being in your twenties and like the growth you go through during that period?
2: Oh yeah. So, I feel like every single you know bump in the road, I can peg um, to that for sure. So, it started when. I was about to graduate college and this was bef- right before I had started um, the blog. And I was just panicked about what was next and, you know, thinking this can't be it. Um, I have my whole life ahead of me. Like I need to, you know, branch out and just, you know, see what's out there. And so that was always my thing. And not just with relationships, but with everything. Like I always wanted what I didn't have. And I was always like striving for more, which I still am. And I I always, you know, whether it's for relationships, career, whatever, you should always strive for more, but you also have to, you know, look at where you are and be happy with that at some points and just realize that like what you have might be, you know, what you need. And just because, you know, other people are in different situations, you know, at times I was like, oh, we should, you know, we should take a break took a lot of those. Um, And then there were times, I think like two times where we actually did break up for a bit, but you know, we, we always ended up back together and definitely like as college ended and I was going through my twenties and, and writing the website and always thinking about like panicking at 25 about the quarter life crisis and then panicking right before turning 30 that I was turning 30. So it's always been a lot of panic until I just kind of relaxed and was like, you know what, life's pretty, pretty good. It's not, you know, this grand fairy tale that I envisioned, but it's, it's pretty good.
1: It is pretty good. And now, would you say though that he had similar panics, or were they different? Like, would you think that there's like a difference in the gender role type of panics?
2: So it's really funny. Um, well, I don't know if "funny" is the right word. So we we both definitely have anxiety, and probably more than me. And I feel like I felt the panic more with the you know impending ages that were coming on and. Um, accomplishing things by certain ages, and just making sure I was doing everything perfectly in the right way. Um, but like, there is no perfect. And there is no right way, really. He did not have, you know, the same amount of panic that I did with the the ages, but he still did on and off. Um, I mean, he still does. I still do. In regards to like, you know, now that we're married, it's, you know, do this, do this, like, you know, buying a house and all of that stuff. But, you know, we are where we are in life. And, you know, we're doing good enough, I think.
0: (laughs) How did social media play into any of this like anxiety was how prevalent was it? at the time? And then because like, obviously now like Instagram and TikTok and stuff is like major, but like at the time, did it play into any of these anxieties and like comparing yourself in those moments of like your twenties where you felt like you needed to get to that next step because maybe Susie Q on whatever was doing it and you weren't doing it either. Or you told yourself you would be doing something by this certain age and then you didn't. And were you like looking at other people's Instagram or Facebook and feeling like crap about yourself?
2: Oh yeah. Um, 100%. And that is definitely like when I took a step back and and realized that and I admitted it and I started writing a lot about that on my website. Um, I think, you know, Instagram launched in like 2012, I think. Um, so it was probably like right around that time, and maybe, you know, more the next over the next two, three years, where I would write a lot about that and how we're all kind of we're all in this together. And I realized from the articles that I was writing, whether they would be about, you know, feeling shitty about not having your shit together, (laughs) or, um, you know, where you are in your career, or whether you know, you're still single and like, or going out all the time, even if you are in a relationship and friends are starting to get married and, you know, you're comparing yourself to other people, everyone is, you know, doing the same thing. And when the articles started generating all these page views and the website started to get all this response from people and all these contributors that wanted to write for it, I, that's when I realized all these people that I thought were in very much different situations than me, they all felt the same way. So I realized that all these pictures that i was seen on social media of other people, they felt the same way as me, most likely, I'm sure not all of them. <laughs> but, you know, we post a highlight reel to social media. And I think at first, and it, especially when it was just Facebook <laughs> before Instagram, you're just seeing what you're seeing. And then it became really apparent when it, they actually named it reels, that it's really just a reel of your life. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Now, when you're looking back at your reel from your 20s, okay, and we discussed that, you know, it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all fairy tales. It wasn't necessarily what we thought it might be. What would you say, though, are some qualities from our 20s that
2: we should actually keep with us today? Oh, I would say the first one is, well, hopefully people had this, but loyalty to friends. I think, you know, over the years, in in my 20s, at least, like, friends would disappear, like left and right, like, where are they going. And then by the time my 20s ended, you know, I had, I still have a great group of friends, I've, you know, a lot of friends. And I think that's fantastic, definitely not as much as when I graduated college. But the thing I fear is that as people get older, and everyone's in these very, very, very different life situations where, like, some of my friends are Married with kids, some of them are very single, some of them are d- just in very different situations. And I just hope that you know, the loyalty of friends and the making sure that everyone sees each other and dedicates time to each other doesn't go away. That was like my favorite thing about being in my 20s was that I saw my friends so much. And it's definitely not as much anymore, but that's something that I make sure that I'm doing pending this pandemic because, you know, we're not supposed to be (laughs) seeing people. So hopefully, you know, when that. Yeah. When that ends, we
0: can all get back to normal, like hangouts with each other, but we've been obviously getting creative, especially in the dating world with like FaceTime dates and stuff.
1: Now, do you have any children of your own? No, I do not. What would you give them as a piece of advice um, as to when they should potentially get married, knowing what you know now and that you met your husband in college and got married when you waited? And you basically waited like many, many years to get married. So like, was that by choice and by design or was it just happenstance because of life's, you know, the things life was throwing at you? What would you say is a good age to get married?
2: Yeah, so I, I guess I'll start with um with us. So in that time, like I very much was like I'm gonna live my 20s, and living my 20s, quote unquote, to me meant going out with my friends, um, living a different life than my now husband, but making sure that you know we weren't just spending all our time together, but that I was spending time with my friends outside of spending time with him um and I did that, you know, pretty well, I think. I still do that pretty well. Um and I think the reason that I do that well now is because we waited and we made that, you know, our thing and we weren't in a rush to get married. We weren't in a rush to get engaged and that is the exact advice that I would give to, you know, my future children or just anyone. Like there shouldn't there's no age that you should ever aspire to accomplish or not even accomplish because it's not an accomplishment. It's really just, you know, um, like a, a milestone or I don't even know the right word for it, but it's just something that you do when, when it feels right. Um, when it is right, it's not something that anyone has to do. If people don't want to get married, if they don't want to get engaged, they don't have to, you know, if you, are dating that's great if it's not the right time for you then that's great too pretty much just like live life you know don't let time dictate anything i think that that is definitely like my biggest, biggest advice to people for sure I, love that. I mean i think that it
1: makes so much sense like and we admire that you did that because that's the advice we would also give um, just to sort of learn who you are and become who you are without sacrificing that, and that you were able to parallel path that while still being in a relationship and make choices that for you made sense and were not being just applied by pressure. Like when people say, Well, you guys have been together for this amount of years. Don't you think at this point you should get married? Like, who cares what you say, Susie Q, as Lauren likes to say? <laughs> yeah you know, poor Susie, man, she's got a bad rap, but she's got a lot of opinions. So you know, I think what you're saying makes so much sense. And I am currently 35 and a hair away from 36. And I'm still single. And then I have friends that are in different places in their lives. So it's hard for my mom's generation to understand why I'm not married yet. And like, a lot of the times they are like, well, is something wrong with you? Like, did what's what are you doing to these people? Or like, do you not care? Do you not want to be married? I'm like, of course I do. If it's right. And with the right person, I'm not just trying to fill in the seat filler with a husband and just check that off the list of tasks to do through throughout life.
0: That desire though, Jen, is your personal desire, which is awesome. Like you do desire to get married, but going back to like the, you know, I guess comparison or I get, you know, people will just put project this on that question onto other people. Like, is something wrong with you? I mean, they probably don't say that, like, is something wrong with you? But it's, it's wrapped up like, oh my God, you're such a great catch. Why are you still single? As though being single is a problem. Now for Jen, it might be if she aspires for something else. But let's just like talk about people in general, like that pressure and that comparison that you're getting from like the world to like feel as though your choice to be single or not to be single, like there's something wrong with that. And like, you could take it a step further. Some people just don't want to be in a relationship. Like they want to be single or they maybe they want to be in a relationship, but they just never even want to get married like Kurt and Goldie. I mean, there's like so many different, pressure is coming from people who I think are just repeating what they're seeing around them and and comparing themselves potentially to their neighbor or their sister or what their parents did. And it's not really for everybody. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong or right. It's just like a personal choice. But that one in particular happens a lot. I was single for like 10 years before I met my husband. And it's like, I was so sick of hearing, like, "You're such a great catch. How come you're you don't have a boyfriend?" Well, maybe I don't fucking want a boyfriend right now, like, you know. It, and so it kind of felt like that connection to single is bad, or single is something wrong. There's something wrong with you. It, that was like an unnecessary pressure or comparison a lot too.
2: Yeah, that is all. Like, it's so insane how everyone just perceives what um, you know society society wants. From people and there's like these expectations, but they're, they're complete like bullshit. Like You shouldn't have to do anything at any certain time. This is why people get divorced because they're just, you know, trying to fulfill some obligation by a certain time that they think that they have to, you know, do, but people like rush around and do whatever but it it doesn't end well for everyone and sometimes it just doesn't end well even if you think it's going to.
0: Yeah there's no there's no I mean even if you're like I chose to get married at the right time for me like that can end in divorce too like you never know but clearly you want to make decisions that feel right like within your gut and things of that nature and and less coming from like a pressure standpoint like your parents pressured you to get married or you felt like your religion was pressuring or whatever it was that that is more likely to, I think, come become a problem. And a lot of people think, oh, the grass is always greener, right? Like, oh, if I just had like a man in my life or a woman in my life, then I wouldn't feel so alone or I wouldn't feel so down or I'd be able to buy the house or I'd be able to do these things. And it makes it seem like the life that you think you need or want is like romanticized or like more or more um, like fancy or greater than the one you have in the current moment. So it prevents you from living, living in the moment. And it makes you feel like if you just feel like maybe for lack of a better word, average, that that's wrong, that you need to feel like that Instagram picture. That's like magical and romantic and all these things. Like sometimes feeling just normal and level and
2: secure and average is okay. Right. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's totally fine. This whole like, you've seen all the perfect couples on Instagram that look completely fake. Um, I have, you know, I have a lot of single friends, and I'm in my early 30s. And I think like one of them had been talking about like all these, you know, perfect couples on Instagram and how they have like the perfect life. And it it's, spurred this whole thing for me to talk about how like that perfection is not real. And those people probably have like average problems and, you know, average thoughts about things. And you just have no idea what's going on with people, um, unless you are those people. So it's definitely really hard to, you know, think of what you don't have. And I compare it to like weight loss. Like if you think that being you know really like losing like 40 pounds 30 pounds is gonna change your life and like make you happy and cure all your problems and then you go to lose weight and find out that you're still the same person just you know in a a smaller body um it's kind of the same thing where you're still you like if you're still living your life and you're always going to perceive what you have as an average situation or less than if you think that other people are doing better than you, which is often the case, but shouldn't be. Um, So, you know, people just need to start thinking about what could be going on with other people and not just like seeing things for what they want to see them for.
1: Right. And of course, everything has a filter on it. Because if we're putting it out there, and you're not just like having cameras follow you around at all hours of the day, like, really showing the details and the good, bad, and ugly, then what we're seeing is the curated version. And, you know, again, like what you're saying is like, read between the lines there and between the filters. But your new book, Average is the New Awesome, is a manifesto on being average. And we've been talking a bit about average, but we really need to dive in because average has always had a bit of a negative connotation, similarly to how Single comes off a bit as, well, you have not found the one yet, so you are the opposite, which is negative. So why do you think average is the new awesome? And can we also rebrand being single?
2: Absolutely. I love that. I think we should rebrand anything that could be seen as negative that isn't actually negative. One thing that happened when I first published the book and just started promoting it, I, I knew that average had a negative perception from people, but I guess I didn't realize just how much there were, you know, people saying that, like, why are we encouraging people to be average, like, people should always be striving to be the best. And I actually saw a few of those. And it it's just insane to me, because the best is like one, one thing, it's like number one. And in the world, there's all these people. And to be like, number one person, that's, completely unrealistic and if you live your whole life trying to be that number one person and you're never going to be happy if you don't get there that's like a really you know pretty miserable life that you're just missing out on because you're striving for something that probably like isn't going to happen <laughs> and in life you know whether it's you're you want to get married you want to be in a relationship you want to buy a house or do whatever there are some there are certain things that, you know, sometimes prevent you from those things that are just out of your control. Like you just have no idea what's going to happen in life or what path you're on. And your path is going to be different than other people. That's just kind of like guaranteed life thing. And it's insane that we would be like, okay, as a society, the years to, you know, find love and get married are within this like 10 year period. Because there's all these years in life, you know, if you're lucky and you should be able to accomplish things and, and do things and find love at whatever time works for you. It would be weird if if it worked out for everyone at the same time.
0: Yeah, that I never thought about it that way. as like this 10 year period where you've got to find love and get married and do the things. Otherwise, like you're looked at as less than average or less than the best. And that is actually a really good point, like setting yourself up for failure to tell yourself that you need to be the best, that average isn't okay. And and even still, Sam, like within that, the best for me might be your average or your like extraordinary. Like it's all relative as well. Like my best is like something that like might be just awesome for me. It's like whatever for somebody else. So even if you do have a couple of personal best things that you would like to live up to, like that's your perspective on what's best and what isn't best. So it's also kind of like ridiculous in that sense to say like average isn't okay because it, those terms to everybody could end up being
2: different. Oh Yeah. That's, I love that you said that because that's like one of my, my big things too with the whole book is that it's all, you know, relative in that everyone defines success differently. Everyone defines greatness differently. And, you know, everyone defines all these different words differently, like whether something's affordable, um, people define that differently. And people tend to be very selfish and self-involved and only thinking about, you know, what, they would want in life or what they you know, think is the, the right path. Um, but they aren't thinking that like all these people have different desires and might want different things. So it's just it's also important to consider. Well,
1: and then the things too that people want might be in a different order of priority. So they might try and achieve them at a different time than somebody else. So like while somebody might think, you know, well, you met your husband in college, why didn't you just get married first and then focus on career after? Or why didn't you do all of these other things in a different order? Why am I doing it in my order? But we're all in this path that is uniquely ours. And with everyone, you know, on their own path and and what they're going through, They at different points in their lives must think, you know, something is harder than something else or that they might not be good enough because really, if we all thought we were good enough for everything, then I mean, they would have the recipe to success for confidence and nobody would be freaking out ever. But I think it's still a personal journey. We're all trying to figure out where we fit in in the world. But would you think that then some insecurities are actually more universal than we imagine?
2: Oh, yeah. One hundred percent for that. I think it's people think that they're they're less than, that their situations are less than when in fact they're just extremely normal and relatable. Like if it's, you know, a matter of how much sex you're having regularly, like sometimes because people don't open up about a lot of stuff. Like some people are very open. I know like I'm I'm a pretty open person. I know there's people that are more open than me, but then there's also people who like even close friends that are just very, you know, private. And because of that, people don't talk about certain things. So like, I don't know how much sex everyone's having, you know, on a week to week basis on a month to month, you know, it's hard to know what is actually average and relatable when it comes to that. And one thing I found with writing online, and then even like creating memes and just tweeting things, the stuff that really like gets people's attention is the stuff that I'm always most nervous to put out there so like these thoughts that I'm thinking that like you know maybe I shouldn't say that because people would be like why do you think that or what's wrong with you and then it's that stuff that people just relate to so much because they're like oh my god like I didn't know other people felt that way or you know I I can't believe you said that like I've I've been thinking that, but like, didn't want to say it out loud. I feel like everyone has the same insecurities and things are just a lot more normal than we think.
0: What are some of the examples of some of those things that stick out in your mind, Sam, that like, you were afraid to say this or that, and then you got like really positive feedback that
2: everyone was kind of like relating to you? The first one was a couple, it was, I guess, many years ago by now, (laughs) but feels like yesterday. Um, I wrote an article about the struggles of being not skinny, but not fat. And this was in like 2014. I think it was just me, like my subconscious, I was writing it down. And also, you know, trying to be stereotypical of like what I thought that people were thinking too, that they could relate to. But it was really like, it was a lot to put that stuff out there. So one of the things was taking your cover up cover up off at the beach and how awkward that is. Because for me, like I always want to, you know, try to hide any rolls. So if I'm sitting up, you can see them. But if you strategically take your cover up off, while you're like lying down in a mummy position and before you, you know, lie down to tan, then no one will notice. And then you can just throw it on after. So very like hyper specific and, and very specific and and niche things like that, um, that I never, you know, talked to my friends about. So like, I didn't know if people related to that or not. And it turned out like, I got all these messages from people who like, I thought were, you know, would never be concerned with the way that they looked. And they related to that. And that I think that was definitely like the biggest moment where like a light bulb went off. And I was like, Oh, my God, like, I can't believe, you know, these these people feel this way, like they don't, you know, look the way I do, and they're having these insecurities. Where like I thought, you know, oh, these people have like perfect bodies, um, they would never have insecurities, but they did, and I'm sure that that translates to, you know, in relationships too. Like I know for me, seeing pictures of other couples that are like traveling. Um, or just, you know, people out in the world. And, you know, when I'm sitting at home on the couch, it's like, okay, you know, what am I doing wrong? Like, but all those people have to be sitting at home at the couch on the couch at some point too. So we're all just living the same life, basically.
1: We are. And I think that makes so much sense that you covered like this topic and made it so relatable to so many people because It's all the stuff we don't really talk about out loud because we're embarrassed to be average or we're embarrassed to experience human things, which is silly because we're all humans. It's not like I'm a robot and you're a human or you're a robot and living a perfect life and I'm the human and living this flawed life. We're all a bunch of human beings. And I think it goes to show you like even like if the goal, let's just say, is being Meghan Markle because she got Prince Harry, like, Okay, but then they also had to, like, leave the royal family, move to California by way of Canada, by way of L.A., and now are in Santa Barbara, and their neighbors don't like them. So, like, it's just not a perfect life, even if you are a new princess. So I think the grass is always greener, and, like, what you guys were both saying, about striving to be the best, but, like, what is the best? When you get there, what then do you strive for? And I think that's just such a common theme in – things people talk about but forget when they're looking at their own life that that's the case. They're like, wait, but I still want to get there and I still want to be this other better thing. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we can only be our best version of ourselves and what's your best is not necessarily my best. But at the same time, why do you think that people do have these like, big insecurities about talking about it even. And do you think that it's different for men and women? Like, do men worry about their mummy
2: roles? (laughs) I don't know if men worry about the roles. And like, I envy them for that because I think, you know, I've gotten better about it. But I still do the mummy thing, um, which I'm not proud of. But I think that men definitely have these insecurities as well. I think they talk about them less for sure. And they bottle them up and then they, you know, they all come out at once or, you know, it just, it comes out in a different way (laughs) because women tend to be like more open with friends and talking about things. You know, obviously this is not for all women and all men, but just what I've seen from my own experience, like- my husband has definitely has like similar insecurities to me when it comes to friendships and, um, even our relationship and the future and money and career and all of that. And I think, you know, we just, we handle it differently where I'm like, obviously writing about it and making jokes about it and like self-deprecating jokes because that's just, that's how I handle things. But you know, he bottles things up and then and then eventually they come out later. <laughs> so we all we all handle it differently, but I encourage people to be open about things and to talk about it because the more you talk about it, the more, you know, normal things become and the more aware you are that other people are not having these like perfect lives and you can't envy your friends for one thing because you're not talking to them about that thing. You don't know how they feel about it. People just need to be more open. Yeah, I think putting your
0: insecurities out there is... It's hard because then you're pointing out the flaw that you don't want anybody to notice. Like, I don't want anybody to notice my mummy roll. But if I talk about it, then I'm, like, making everyone look at my mummy roll. So, like, uh, why am I doing that? Like, let's just not talk about it. I'm trying to avoid anybody noticing. So that's, like, the first step to get over the fact that you you're pointing it out but that it's okay because you know that somebody else out there is going to be like yep I totally get that and it's all right like nobody's judging you for it because I didn't judge you for it you're just judging yourself for it so like just take a deep breath and it's going to be okay like not everyone look needs to look like Elle McPherson or whoever it is I don't I mean again random person to pick (laughs) well she is like a very statuesque like supermodel type body but you know it could that again is perspective right like that could be somebody's best body but somebody else might love like somebody else's body type so again it's all perspective but like speaking of you know just like average qualities right like nobody wants to be like horrible at somebody something and maybe being the best is like really unrealistic so like we're gonna live somewhere in the middle and that word is attached like average is the word that's attached to that like middle ground so how can we like we want to rebrand that word like we were talking about rebranding single how can we like train our brain to think that average qualities are actually awesome like instead of just being like yeah that guy's like a regular guy like I was talking about at the top of the show like what are some average qualities that people can have that we can look at as awesome? Like, that's great that he's just this or that. What are some things that that we can attach like awesomeness?
2: It's so funny because I, I immediately think of like, nice, you know, a nice guy. Um, But it, it's so true. I feel like through my 20s, like one thing that people said a lot like when you talked about like oh how was the date and people would be like oh well, he was you know he was nice and like like it's a bad thing um but nice is not it's not bad um nice is good nice is normal and well actually it's not that because usually people come off really nice but then you know you need to have like some personality and depth (laughs) but um it's it's definitely one thing where you know, normal is fine. Like you don't need to be searching for this like crazy, outrageous um, person that has all these different very specific qualities. like whatever whatever works when it comes to relationships, whatever feels right and makes you happy is great. And if that's like just a nice guy, like someone you get along with, that's great. Happy, healthy relationships are. They're normal. They're average. They they might not have all this like well, they'll have passion, but they don't have to have like the crazy intense like passion that's going to lead to like all these fights all the time, like the notebook type of relationship. Like it doesn't have to be like that. Normal, healthy, happy relationships are normal and fine. Wait, you mean it-
1: that every relationship doesn't look like a date on The Bachelor? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Why hasn't anyone told me that's not normal?
2: like that and that show is is so over the top and it definitely has people you know like oh shit like should I be going in a helicopter like to a you know farm place on a second date but that's not normal normal is just you know two people making sure that they get along when they're with their phones because it's not normal to not have your phone on you for however long they're together on The Bachelor. And that's, you know, just normal in today's society. So I think I'd rebrand the word average as normal. um, Because average, you know, the negative connotation it has is, is so insane. Because you think of, you know, you see the dates in The Bachelor and you're like, oh my God, those are, you know, this is what I want. I want to be in this perfect Bachelor relationship with like all the, you know, super fashionable outfits, doing crazy things. But you know, that's not, that's not normal. Yeah, it's not. And and also, we have to think about this too, like the bachelor is a
0: great example of like a crazy social experiment, because these women or men, they fall in love with the bachelor or bachelorette, because they're being enticed by everything else other than the person. I mean, in a way, yes, it kind of feels like they're comparing themselves to the other people that they're competing against. So it becomes a competition. They end up wanting to be with the guy or the girl because it's like winning a contest, right? And, and, and less of focus. Basically they distract the contestants, if you will, from actually the normal things that you would look for and need to build a foundation in a relationship and actually fall in love. They distract you with the helicopter ride and the other girls talking shit about you behind your back or whatever. All those things become like, um, fueled to this fire of like being the winner, being the best, being the one that everyone wants to be right. Instead of just like hanging out with your phone maybe watching a movie or whatever. It's why none of those relationships usually last outside of the show because all of the normal stuff that life brings at you is like, it must look like boring shit compared to like the extravaganza that they like, you know, took a plane to Paris on the third date and went into the fantasy suite with like $400 bottle of champagne or whatever the hell they're doing. You know, it's like, none of it's normal. And normal is what you want at the end of the day. Like I remember when I met like my husband, I remember telling him like a couple months into our relationship, like I just wanted to do normal things with him. Like I wanted to see what it looked like when he was sick. And I wanted to like wash the dishes with him. And I just wanted to do like regular life stuff and like not get all caught up in this like crazy, you know, obviously romantic things are fun every now and then. It's not just to say that like you never want that, but it's just like normal is what you're left with, like for the majority of the time in your relationship or when you're just with yourself or whatever it is. So like you, it's sort of like strive to, to figure out what that feels like with maybe a potential partner, because that's what you're going to be doing for like 99, 95% of the time, like the vacations and the other things, those are like a very small percentage of the relationship potentially.
1: Okay. But then that being said, people always say, you know, be uniquely you, even like you need to find a way to stand out and get noticed, whether it's dating apps or resumes or whatever the case may be. Like everyone's always trying to be this thing that is different and, like, even if they use a different filter on Instagram or their aesthetic looks differently or, like, whatever the case may be, someone's wedding is over the top and is better than someone else's. Like, how do you think being average, though, can actually play out in terms of dating and, like, the single life? Because, like, if I see one more person with a tiger photo, I'm going to scream because that isn't normal and it doesn't make me want to date them. That That's
2: so interesting. and. Like on the the one side, you know, you want, you want normal. You want to make sure that the person is normal. That's obviously really important, especially if you're going to, you know, go meet them. You don't want them to be crazy. Um, but on the other side, you want to stand out. And being average doesn't mean like, you know, you think of the word average and you think of like, you know, where's Waldo and like Waldo is the only one stands out because like everyone else is the same. And that's not, you know, that's not what it is. It's more like be yourself and someone else, the right person will be like, oh, okay. Like that person's cool for me. It doesn't mean that, you know, you have to go out of your way to be like this over the top crazy person. But if you're yourself, everyone is unique. Everyone has has you know a unique multiple unique things about them and that's that's normal and that's average to be unique and to be different and it's when people like hide their personalities that that uniqueness goes away because they're just trying to be like everyone else on instagram or not everyone else but like you know the top you know influencers on instagram they all kind of like start to look the same um and that's where people compare themselves to those influencers because they want to, you know, live the life that they're living. They want like the, you know, to have as much money as them and to have like perfect bodies and perfect outfits and perfect relationships. But those people are all just like, you know, living to, to show a lifestyle. And I'm sure that it's not like that for all of them, but there's nothing unique about it when it all becomes the same.
0: That's true, actually, that it does become more common amongst that pool of people that like every influencer in this like, you know, uh, magical life they live where they get like all these free products and they're over here at this fancy hotel and they're driving this fancy car and they're getting all these things that you want and you're like, oh, if I could just live a life like that, I'd be so happy. But then you're, you follow like 10 of those influencers, and they're all like pushing the same product, or they're all like going to the same place, and everything starts looking the same, they're all wearing the same clothes. So like, you have to keep in mind too that, like, within different, like, circles and lifestyles and geographic areas and times in your life, like, there are a lot of commonalities within that. And that's okay. Like that gives us gives us comfort, right? Like, I always say, like, Their safety in numbers. So like uh, this year, 2020 has been like literally the opposite of average. It's been like kind of crazy and maybe people can find comfort in some commonalities. So what do you think are some commonalities that we could all take away as this year is like starting to come to an end that could make us all kind of feel like we're all in this together?
2: I would say... um. The one big thing is like no bra, no bras anymore. Um, People don't have to wear them because, you know, we're all in this together and we're at home and no one, no one knows. So I think that that's something that I would want to take into whatever is the next, the next life. I don't know, the next, um, the next era post pandemic. I also think like just embracing doing nothing has been really nice. And it's also like, I personally, like I've saved, well, I wouldn't say saved, but I've paid off a lot of debt, which is great. Because I'm not I haven't been like trying to live a life that I really honestly, like can't afford, because I'm always trying to like keep up with stuff. So it, it really made me realize like, oh, okay, like, you know, this is this is my life. And I think that I hope that, you know, that happened for other people too. And just Hanging out and like relaxing and not like on the go all the time has been really refreshing and I think should be something that we take into the post pandemic era.
0: Yeah, all pretty common, average things, right? Don't wear a bra, like save your money, and just like do be okay doing nothing. I am fine with all of that.
1: Same, I think that is the thing the three things we're all doing right now are those things. And while they seem average because it's like your home, you know, you're who cares? You know, like there's nothing, it doesn't sound special. In fact, most people think that's like the opposite of fun, but you can do so much in your home and everyone's home. So you start to see people doing all these crazy workouts at home or finding innovative things to do and talking about their redecorating or like you're saying, Sam, like saving money. I haven't driven my car and I could not tell you how long. The fact that we're doing those average things actually reminds you how great they are, and you don't have FOMO anymore because everyone's doing it.
2: No FOMO. I love no FOMO. Damn. Yeah, no FOMO has been huge, especially like people, you know, everyone has a different comfort level for sure, and like people are still doing whatever they're doing. So, you know, it's, I think people still experience it, but it's definitely something that no one should experience because doing your own thing is fine. And it makes spending time with other people even better when you do. I agree. We're all
0: looking forward to the day where the new normal and the new average that is coming outside of this pandemic will bring in like the old things will seem like maybe more exciting or, um, you know, you appreciate those like average moments even more when you're in them, you're more present in the moment, you're enjoying them. So obviously we're all, excited about what's to come in that and and not wearing a bra while doing it is also going to be great too. So we will put those on our list of average things to keep in mind. And thank you so much, Sam. We had an awesome time talking about average with you. And if people want to dive deeper into this and get your book and follow you on the social media so that they can continue to practice average awesome things, remind everyone where they can find you and get your book.
2: So Average is a New Awesome is available at most bookstores and on Amazon. Um, You can follow me on social media at Samantha Matt one and um, on my meme page at Average People Problems on both Twitter and Instagram.
1: Awesome. Great. Well, everyone listening, don't forget to tune in next week for an all new episode where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff with our guest, sex educator therapist, and coach, Lena Queen. And if you want to join the class of master daters, which of course you do, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And It's Complicated wherever you get your podcasts, rate, comment, and obviously tell your friends. And you can follow me at Lauren
0: Leonelli on all the social meets. And you can find
1: me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meets. We'll talk to you next week. Love you, Long
2: time.
0: You're listening to It's Complicated with your hosts Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli.